by the way, my electricity doesn't work at half my house. There's no light in this room because uh, a power <laughs> fuse blew out. So I don't mean to be sitting in the dark uh, like this, asking you about the Kardashians. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Activist Class. Um, we are here with Day Shik, aka Day Shit. Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! You didn't even give him two seconds to say hi. End of end the podcast. That was wild. Anyway, we are here. With I have no comment. Cyberbully Aretha. <laughs> Oh my god. I, I am back. <laughs> Speculation. What up? And two of the dopest undocumented organizers in our state slash our universe. Alejandra Perez. Hey. And Daniela, I don't know how to say your last name. It's okay. Borgia. Hey. hey. <laughs> Uh, so welcome back, and we're excited to talk about all the things that are going on within our state and our city in response to COVID-19 and undocumented organizing and the need that we're seeing pop up in community and how these incredible organizers and a bunch of organizations here in the city have come together to do what our government is not doing, uh, which is have people's back sometimes. So how are y'all doing? Let's crack a lacking. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh. crack a lacking. First of all, these are my friends, Danny. Don't judge me for how I talk to them. <laughs> oh, um, I'm okay. Today has been busy. Um, I feel like I've been on calls literally all day since 9 a.m. So, no, I have. I have been on calls all day since 9 a.m. So, tired. Mm, yeah. Same here. I feel like yesterday was never ending, and today still I don't see an ending coming anytime soon. So I'm just kind of tired, honestly. I feel like uh, working at home, especially you like wake up and then you blink, and it's suddenly like 4 p.m. You haven't turned (laughs) on yet. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd be more hydrated because I'm working from home because I'm not a good hydrator. Mm. But I've been even worse at hydrating. Mm. <laughs> There's like a sink right there. <laughs> Maybe that's a me problem. So I know like both of y'all do a lot of incredible education work, um, which are also some badass motherfucking undocu organizers in the near other yeah. world. In the <laughs> other part of your lives when y'all have hella free time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, there's so much to talk about when it comes to like this, especially this topic. Um, so if y'all want to just give our listeners kind of a maybe like a little bit of history on the Dream Coalition and then talking about the landscape right now, like how has COVID-19 changed the undocu landscape? Um, I know there's a lot of stuff that's in play. So if y'all want to give us a rundown of what's what's going on. Yeah. Um, you want me to start, Daniela? Yeah, I want to start. Cool. Um, So yeah, um, 
in my non-professional life. <laughs> um, Your superhero yeah, life. I've been in my other life. I've been um, organizing with the Washington Dream Coalition since 2014. Um, and I was one of the folks who kind of like revived it. It died in 2010 after the Federal Dream Act di um, died in Congress. Um, yeah. Essentially, we, we came back together in 2014 um, because there was a lot of stuff going on in the nation and um, also had just passed um, here in Washington State support for undocumented students to get financial aid, um, which was dope. And Back, got back together with a couple of folks to to do education work um, and other like what is the other one advocacy work in in relationship to undocumented folks and um, it's always been undocu led um, and it's only be it's always been undocu youth led so at that time you know we were all college students and stuff but yeah I mean through the years we've been organizing uh, my my particular role has been primarily in education you know I you just heard me talk about my my job uh, but that's been my life since before um getting this job um so yeah always thinking about like what does education equity look like for undocumented folks um in this state and I've been intentional about it being in Washington state because you know a lot of folks want to do national stuff and that's dope um but you know um at the end of the day every state is just different when it comes to undocumented folks and we do live in a pretty privileged one. That doesn't mean struggles still don't happen, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that we have one of the largest detention centers in the country. Um, and I always was honest, like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm doing detention work because I'm not. Like, I'm doing education work. Um, and that's kind of how, how it all started. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Daniela later joined us when we met her. in yeah. what the baby of the group. Yeah, we added her to the group, and she's been with us since. <laughs> and... I think that the biggest thing, you know, the Washington Dream Coalition has been around, but we haven't been active lately. All of mm -hmm. us graduated from college a couple years ago, and that was when we were really active. And Loki just hit burnout, like, like, yeah. now. And there was a point where we're like, we're done, we're done. And we were telling Daniela as the newest folk in the team, I'm like, Daniela, take it over. Like, we're tired. You still got energy. And she does. She does. Uh, <laughs> I did some stuff, you know, she did some dope stuff. Um, but we came back together really because of this pandemic, and we mm -hmm. said, "Hey, we need, um, we need to support our undocumented community." And so I kind of firsthand, and I think Daniela definitely share um, about your mom. But my brother and my dad are also undocumented. I live with both of them, and I'm the only person in my family who has a salary job, and they were at risk, you know, immediately. My dad was in, in uh, general contracting, basically, and my dad would, you know, is in his um, mid to late 50s. And I was like, you shouldn't work anymore. And we're going to make that decision. And my brother and I talked and we're like, let's just hold it down, you know, for the house mm -hmm. uh, for right now. And then then my brother works at freaking um, Amazon's kitchen. And even though he's not employed through them, uh, they were refusing to let them go and pay them while they were at home. So they were making them go to the building just to fucking gather to pay them. Even though the people who work, um, the, 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 the company that contracts him, that employs him, my bad, is also at Microsoft who literally let all their employees be home and pay them 40 hours a week. So like there was all of that going on. And I also then then I was like, I hate that like we have to do this 
I hate that this is the thing, you know, but I was like, I told, I was like, Jose, like, please don't go to work anymore because yeah. you're exposed. And even if you get sick, you might be fine, but that doesn't mean our dad will be. Right. Um, and it was another decision to do that. And thankfully after, I don't know, I guess there was a Seattle Times article talking about that. And finally, you know, they got enough bad rep and told them to go home for the rest of April. And now that he's getting paid and doesn't have sure. to go to work, but started seeing some of that. My dad's still not getting paid, right? So we saw immediately mm. hey, there's need for undocumented folks because they're going to be immediately um, at financial risk since we're not eligible for shit. Mm, right. Yeah, so that means like, <laughs> so that means federal aid and state aid won't cover undocumented folks. State is different, but federal stuff. For sure, federal. Maybe Daniela could go into the stimulus packet. Oh god. <laughs> That's stimulus. Yeah, I remember right when. Alec, how many days afterwards was it that it came out after we started our fundraiser? Maybe like three days, two days after? Yeah, something like that. We launched mm -hmm. it. It was immediate that we learned the language on the bill. I like to say and name it a thing that it directly targets undocumented people without DACA and also mixed status families um, because it, it is a direct threat. Threat. Um, just because it says that folks that don't have um, an ITIN, I mean, social, uh, sorry, a social security number will not be getting the stim uh, stimulus check. And so even if you're, sure. yeah, even if you have like a, let's say you, you're undocumented, you have DACA and you have a social security number, but you were to file a joint uh, tax with a part with a partner who uses an ITIN in their taxes or anybody in the household has an ITIN, the entire family does not receive aid at all. Zero. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And so yeah. that was immediately something that we were like, this is why this is fucking important and we need to, to keep boosting our fundraiser. So that's been um, like a booster for our fundraiser. But it, for my family, I also saw the need immediately because my mom She owns her own hair salon, so she's a business owner, and she loves working so much, um, which is another conversation. But she works so much, and she was told that she had to shut down the salon, and she's just like, how am I going to provide for my employers? Because many of them are undocumented. Yeah. And that, in, like, in itself is, like, a, you know, a string of families that are being directly affected by this. And so, and my mom is the only income provider for my little sister who lives with her and so mm. I, I told my mom you can't go outside you can't do anything you can't expose yourself because you like you know you have a dependent like my little sister literally depends on you um right. yeah and so that's been uh, the situation so can you tell us about the fundraiser like what's the goal how do you how are y'all dispersing aid um mm -hmm. and like what is the response been since you launched it Yeah, I want to know real quick, just that the the whole reason why there is even a fundraiser is honestly owed to Ale. Uh, she was the very first one to bring it up to the rest of us. Um, mm. and we're like, fuck, you're right. Uh, because almost immediately the stay home, stay order happened. It was funny, we were on the phone and we're like, okay, let's go listen to this order. 
it's about to start and then like whatever happens we'll like come back and figure out what our next steps are in the best ways that we can support our undocumented community and so when we when the order came out we're like okay yeah everybody got back on the phone and we're like it's so I just wanted to name that. That was like the reason why it started. Thanks, sister. Yeah, so, you know, the, the fundraiser started when I realized the, the whole thing in my family, you know, and like real talk, like mujeres, like women started this shit because men. Uh, Always. <laughs> and like, you know, I started thinking like, I'm like, literally I'm at home with two men and a male puppy. <laughs> <laughs> a brand new puppy full of freaking man yeah and i'm like how are you not worried you don't have an income i don't know if you realize but like i cannot support you <laughs> there's a three this is a three people income household and we cannot meet our bills alone um so when this all happened um i think it was like a monday and i was like or a sunday and i was like we need to do this tomorrow they kept saying we need to do this tomorrow we need to do this tomorrow and then realized that we needed to slow down and really learn. By a lot, yeah. <laughs> we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the fundraiser came about on, what date was it? Friday, March 27th, I think it was? 27th, yeah. Yeah, so uh, March 27th, the fundraiser went live. And we, that whole week before, we took the time to really, we're like, the, the thing that we want to make sure that we are is that we're transparent. Because mm-hmm. on the folks, will need to send us their information and that is fucking risky. So we partner with orgs that we had partnered before that are all in support for undocumented folks and do like immigrant rights works in the in, in the in the state. And we're like, it's going to be a state fund for undocumented people. We want you to come through, you know, not only give credibility to this, support us, give us ideas, suggestions. But at the end of the day, the undocumented people in the Washington Dream Coalition will make the decisions. So like that was blunt from the beginning too. It's like undocumented folks are leading this mm-hmm. uh, and we are. <laughs> so the fundraiser launched that day and within what, 24 hours, we're at 50 thousand dollars already um which was entirely community support you know our, our initial goal was a hundred thousand and we've been increasing it little by little since and when we put it out we also put a wait list the wait list mm-hmm. as of yesterday had eight thousand people sign up for it oh and my gosh just a name and an email today and um, since we we put the fundraiser together we knew that today was going to be the day we launched an application and that was intentional to see how much money do we have and then be able to make decisions on how much money we're going to provide, which we've adjusted a little bit. So we have right now between 500 to a thousand bucks um, to give um, each individual. Mm-hmm. And I just looked, but the application, like I mentioned, it opened today at 8 a.m. And we have had literally where maybe like 30, yeah, we're only 30 um, responses away from hitting uh, 5,000 people. So we have 5,000 undocumented folks telling us they need money, you yeah, know? Yeah. And over 90% of them have been laid off or don't have a wage. And similarly, like I think it's like 75% of them, um, if I'm looking, um, say they're um, the sole provider in their family or are the... Mm. Or a single, or are a single parent, and no, let me make it more dramatic because it's true. I have the data right here in front of me. Ninety-seven percent of them have lost wages um, because of COVID nineteen. So, 
So this is, you know, it's it's fucked up, and mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing, you know, the the need, and you know, our undocumented community is just really vulnerable because we're also um, not eligible for healthcare unless you mm. have a work permit, and therefore, you know, you have an employer and gives you healthcare. But we already know how many people have lost it just because they got, you know, they got fired. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even have access to proper medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have healthcare. Then it would be in debt. So yeah, mm. like Daniela doesn't have um, healthcare. I do because of my employer, but like nobody else in my family does. Um, hey, um, I would want to add that something that was critical for us that I'm super thankful that we did when we were when when it was in the devel- uh, developing stages is that we learned very early to not open up our application at the same time as launching the fundraiser. Um, because that would have been a mess. We would have had mm. this many applications if we had launched it way early on and not have enough funds. So I'm thankful that we did the waitlist because it kind of gave us an idea of the need that there was. Yeah. And it makes us realize that we we have a lot of money uh, fundraised and that's like really fucking good. But from looking at the need that is out there, it is way greater than we have raised together. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was also yeah. that was a very helpful thing that we did um, at the very beginning. Because Isla and I, we uh, we joined a webinar done by some folks in California who did a similar COVID nineteen relief fund for Black Indigenous people of color, LGBTQ folks, mm-hmm. and they um, they blew up. Their fundraiser really blew up, uh, but they opened the application at the same time. So we learned from them through that webinar that they were they were like tip. Like here's a tip: do not op- do not open your application right when you open your um, fundraiser at the same time because you're gonna have way more need. Um, yeah. yeah. So and basically, you- in the span of, right, like the span of one day, you've had five thousand people basically say, like, "Yo, help out, help out." Yeah, wow. and that's massive because undocumented folks are often told to be afraid to just provide their fucking name. Right. And like, here's what's like, like real talk. I'm like, we took the time to do this very transparently and for the community to know us throughout the years and partnering yeah. with other folks, you know, who also are in community with undocumented people that that's yeah. why they grew up. Not only did we get funding, but now we have more people asking for money than the money that we need. We need like $10 million. That's really yeah. our goal. We're not in fucking writing, but that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in order to support everybody just once. But like undocumented people know who we are in the state and they know that this is a state fund and are saying, hey, these people are legit. So I'm trusting them by giving them my phone number, by giving them my name. You know, and we're not releasing any of this. We're like, uh-uh, you ain't touching this eyes, like literally and have like, you know, NERP is in our, it's one of our uh, partners. They're lawyers. We've talked about we we've talked about how to protect all this information and it, it is protected. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, at the end of the day is us undocumented folks who are going to unfortunately have to make some really hard decisions. But at the same time, now what we're going in is we're like, this is how much money we have. You got to match it. So asking mm-hmm. funding and asking folks, we're asking people to donate their stimulus check if they're on a salary and especially if they're citizens to give it to an undocumented person who has also been paying taxes, but it's not getting shit. Because the other thing, just going back to Daniela's point earlier on mid-status families, if your parents are undocumented, but your children are U.S. citizens, then you're also not getting money. 
and that is fatha, uh, which often that has been different, right? With like federal aid, for example, if you're undocument, if you're undocumented, but your kid is a US citizen, you can still do FAFSA, but right. they're not giving you a check. They're not giving you those five hundred bucks for your kid, even though they were born here. We are literally the state fund for undocumented. Folks. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing what the state should be doing. So I'm saying, yeah. And that's a good question. So, I mean, obviously, we know this, like at the end of the day, like community is going to have communities back no matter mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. But has there been discussion around like tapping into electeds, like holding electeds accountable, saying like, we're trying to do this and where are you all at in this process? Yeah, um, there's been some emails going around, some tweets going around, trying to figure out ways on how to connect. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw um, somebody uh share an article about undocumented workers and i'm like okay here's our fundraiser like support mm. yeah um, so haven't gotten uh, a reply but continuing to push <laughs> uh <laughs> trying to continue to push to do that and then thinking about like what are other resources as well like the city the city of seattle in particular has been dope throughout the years in terms of actually putting funding you know right when um the pandemic started and the stay-at-home order started the one good thing was that um, the city partnered with El Centro de la Raza to do a DACA scholarship um, to give funds to people who work, live, or go to school in Seattle, which already expands it beyond just living yeah. there. Many of our communities have been displaced um, to get access to that. Um, so like my brother will be applying to that to renew his DACA. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, trying to figure out other ways. Okay, what about the same thing, but now for paying rent? Um, and things like that. So we've been tapping into a couple of those and, you know, having conversations with folks and folks have been reaching out to us too, which has been hella dope. Yeah, that's we're like, whoa, where did you come from? Uh, so we've been uh, trying to leverage those partnerships as well. And I think people see, hey, there's actually some people who are not trying to be shady, trying yeah. to do good. And at the end of the day, we're like, we don't give a fuck about we ain't trying to beef with nobody. Like, no, I don't give a fuck right now. Fuck like organizing beef right now because it don't matter. It like what matters right now is how do we get money to people so can they can survive because we're not dismantling capitalist capitalism today, you know, or else that would we would not be talking about this. Mm. Yeah. yeah come on down, Macklemore. Give us some money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know you all have been around. So yeah, like, Russell Wilson. We need Russell Wilson, Sierra. <laughs> Sarah, Kenny, Kenny yes. G. <laughs> what is it? So makes a lot. If you're listening to this and know so, and you have a special connection to any of these folks, um, send them a link. Yeah, yeah so we'll definitely we'll boost it up today. So you might be seeing some donations from the Sounders pretty soon. Yeah. Good. Something in the world. Has the pressure around um, the release of people detained or in, uh, uh, currently in the Tacoma Detention Center? because of coronavirus uh, helped kind of spread the message? And and also, do you have like a status update on that? I don't know if it has helped spread the message. Honestly, I think what has spread the message was when this two large orgs that we're partnering with, so the Washington Immigrant Solidarity Network and the Northwest Immigrant Rights Project was when they did an email blast to their donors. Mm. Yep. We blasted out. And then the other blast has been just community like us knowing undocumented people us being undocumented ourselves and saying it out loud and telling people you can trust us come here that has blasted our application 
But I don't think the detention center stuff has. Um, and I'll be honest, like in Washington State, we're not as we're not often at, at risk of being deported since like raids are not 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 raids. Um, checkpoints are not legal here like in California. Like we're not often afraid um, unless there's there's an encounter with like law enforcement or something like that. So I'll be honest and say like a lot of us undocumented folks here sometimes even forget about the detention center. And that comes from a place of massive privilege, massive privilege. that the folks at the detention center don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I've been hearing stuff going around and um, heard about the hunger strike and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. And honestly, I think people try to pretend that this is a happy place um, and that nothing goes on when we know, you know, it's 30 minutes from Seattle the detention center like people are starving just to get the fuck out of there it's the second largest detention center in the country too do you think uh so because the risk on some levels that you mentioned isn't as great here as it is in like california or other states does that um kind of motivate activists organizers like yourselves to be more vocal even the ones who are maybe at a risk of uh, being deported because they're undocumented themselves, but maybe being more vocal. Cause I, I, you know, there's a lot of like activism that, you know, you highlight your own story, you put yourself mm-hmm. out there, but with this type of stuff, a lot of it is protecting our identity, right? You don't want to give mm-hmm. your information. You don't want to say like, Hey, I'm undocumented because oftentimes that puts yourself at risk, mm-hmm. but is that a little different here? I think so. Um, the first time I left the state um, to do undocu organizing, uh, I went to Arizona, and that's yeah, and that's actually Why? where I met. That's where I met the homies. Like that's where I met Larissa, and people don't realize that um, you met Larissa in Arizona. I did, which makes no sense because we live five, 15 minutes from each other. I know. Um, yeah, I met some folks in Arizona instead of fucking Washington. Uh, because of the show me your papers law and try, you know, and fight some shit. Um, that was the first time that it, it hit me how privileged we are here. Because I heard of folks saying like, they're not giving us this. So, you know, we're chained up to this like fence and we had to like be arrested and everything. And we're like, fuck, yeah. we can send an email and probably get the same answer from people. Yeah. Like here, we don't have, unlike other parts of the country, we don't have do a lot of civil disobedience as undocumented folks. The only civil disobedience I've seen mostly has been at the detention center or you're doing and shut down a street for 20 minutes, you know? But as undocu youth or young folks, because I don't think we're youth anymore. Um, we are youth, Ale. This is the last year that we are youth. True. I'm, I'm a year older than you. Um, no, oh, I, I forgot. <laughs> but... Um, we don't have to do that. Like, thankfully, you know, we're not a fully quote unquote blue state. And I don't believe in that shit anyways, because Democrats are not here to save us. But, um, fuck Joe Biden. Chance? What? I just said fuck Joe Biden. I'm salty about that today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't follow that stuff because I can't vote. But, um, <laughs> You got 5,000 people to worry about right now. Like, it's good. True. You're good. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of when it hit me that we have a conversation with a couple of, you know, 
people and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And like, that's how we fought, have won a lot of things. Yeah. Um, that was my I think experience. it gives us mm-hmm. some of that. That was my first experience um, when I went to New Mexico to um, go to this convening and I met a lot of undocumented folks from different parts of the country. And I started realizing like, oh, a lot of folks have to worry about driving because they don't have a license. And if they get pulled mm-hmm. over, there's a higher chance of getting detained. So that's something that I don't mm-hmm. have to think about. Um, so that's when I also started to get that um, knowledge and sense of like Washington in a way it is like, much more privileged for undocumented folks, especially with DACA, because even like I don't have DACA and I see a lot of privilege uh, with undocumented folks that do have DACA in Washington state. So there's definitely levels. And I know a couple of folks that are also undocumented and don't have DACA. And we like live the exact same experience. And uh, recently I came in contact with one of them who was like, I need help on learning how to fucking work without DACA because all these organizations that are hella social justice won't hire me because they say they can. Mm. Right? Like there's not any support. And, and I was like, I got you, right? Like I don't have DACA either. And there's so many ways to work. And uh, this person was like, I feel so undocumented, community deprived, uh, because I feel like a lot of like mo- a lot of folks have DACA and they like don't really understand. So that's been my specific experience around privilege, uh, being a little bit more um noticeable from those with DACA yeah and then there's still here who are afraid and that's okay you know even if we live where we have driver's licenses even if we live in a place that has in-state tuition and financial aid for you to go through undergrad people are still afraid and that's okay yeah I mean at the end of the day like We've still had like community organizers, grassroots have still had to push to make sure that SPD is not, you know, collaborating mm-hmm. with ICE, right? Like mm-hmm. those things did not come from our government. Those things came from mm-hmm. community, right? Yeah. Uh, so those protections are still hard fought, you know? Mm-hmm. So what are, uh, what are some immediate ways people can get involved with, um, with the movement work that you guys are doing? If you're able to donate your stimulus check and because, you know, you if you don't have an interruption in your income and if you're able to, we recommend folks to be able to support monetarily um, because that is what we need the most because there is an immediate need and we can't get rid of that need or that barrier and why, that, why those needs exist. So the ways that we can... Um, keep this building uh, this movement going is to support folks monetarily um, because we are in a capitalist as world uh, man-made world that is the fucking reality um, that's my answer for that it's a great answer yeah the other one is um still money related because like daniela said is is the most immediate thing uh first of all our website is scholarshipjunkies.org slash relief. Yeah. Uh, we're partnering with Scholarship Junkies. Um, the CEO, David, is my homie from high school. Um, of course. Like, I know you know everybody. Girl, I know everybody. Girl, I know I try. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's that's where the relief is. Um, if folks maybe, um, real talk, we know there's a lot of people in this area 
who have connections to people who have money. You know, we are living in the um, nonprofit industrial complex and people know how to write grants. So if people want to donate their time to actually help us uh, write some grants, Seattle Foundation, Gates Foundation, all them foundations that we know have millions of dollars. Billions oh, yeah. of dollars. Rich people um, in Seattle love nonprofits here. They love them. So not only can they we love donate, galas. Nonprofit I love galas. galas. <laughs> but I love galas. Doing that as well. So there, our email is on the Scholarship Junkies website. Um, on, on the website I mentioned, and they can hit us up. And, you know, I know they know how to get people with money to donate. So mm. through, like, not only donate your stimulus check, get people to donate as well and share with folks why this is important. Um, so, you know, sharing the fuck out of our... our um, yeah, like sharing it out. And if people don't want to, you know, I don't put my info in the internet type of thing. Send us a check. Like we have ways. Yeah. We have yeah. like come through. We have multiple ways on how people can support. So that's the most immediate. And I, you know, I hate that it always has to be monetary, but um, that's what we really need support with right now. Yeah. I'm sorry if you uh, covered this already. Sorry, but um, was there a, a specific amount goal that you had? Yeah. Well, the written goal as of right now is two hundred. The unwritten goal that is reality is ten million. What's the full timetable on like the whole campaign for right now? Yeah, I mean, um, we're going to start reviewing applications this um set this weekend. And we are not, unlike a lot of funds, we're not closing our application to ensure that as we get money, we can get support. Um, we can provide support. So we're not giving people like a rejection. We're them they're waitlisted um in the meantime so we're gonna prioritize those who are most vulnerable right now including high risk um and single parents and all of that type of stuff and then um but we're still gonna keep folks there because um you know majority of them have been unemployed and only because you don't have a kid doesn't mean you don't deserve money like every yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah. timeline wise it's it's good it's here till the shit's over, which who knows when that will be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Cool. For recovery. Should we take a quick pause and play um, Zaddy Daddy Father? Yes. Um, <laughs> do you know the concept Zaddy Daddy Father? No. All right, all right. We like to play this game that's spec made up, okay? And so <laughs> <laughs> basically we give you three options. And you re- you guys know what a Zaddy is, right? Yeah. Like, damn, funny. Zaddy. Yeah. And yeah. then daddy is just like the second place. Daddy, you know, it's pretty still hot, you know, pretty cool. Daddy. It doesn't only have to be uh, like uh, romantic or sexual, but, you know, whatever you whatever you classify as a daddy. Yeah, cool. and then, yeah. And then there's and then there's father. OK. The chancellor is father. All right. I know that y'all are very with the movement you know are uh working hard every day but i also know that you know you guys might be kardashian fans oh, oh uh, yeah. I, do, I do my research i do my research i do my research okay i love them all right i know you do yeah um so you need to rank these three okay okay scott Okay. Tristan mm. and Kanye. What? 
Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh. And they all. I'm gonna yeah. say. Thaddeus Scott, Thaddeus Kanye, and Tristan, his father. Tristan. Oh, Scott and the Zaddy? Yeah. Interesting. I differ. Listen, Tristan's pretty bad. I, I have to admit that. So but. Bad. Tristan so is bad. father times 10. Are you watching the recent season? Yes, yes I'm caught oh, up. So, so tomorrow. What do you think about the fight between Courtney and Kim? Oh, oh, because she invited Tristan to dinner. Well, no, I think there was a lot building up. Oh, that was what that was about. No, yes. it was uh, Courtney's just been on one, which oh, I don't blame her. Yeah. but she's like yeah, not. She's sorry. Just done. Courtney's just been on a trip. Uh, mm-hmm. because she doesn't really want to be on the show. Yeah. She's, she, I don't know. She's all. She's crazy right now. But anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. can you, so you ranked them Scott first over Kanye. I did. I mean, I did. I'm going to okay. play. Yeah. Tristan has to be father. Uh, Scott, I'm going to, I'm going to say daddy and Kanye father. They're all little probable in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. They are. I mean, Scott is not the best. But I did also watch his like remodeling the mansions show. I appreciated him through it. So <laughs> wanted him to get back with Corny, and I know they're bad for I each other. He's been there since the beginning, so I appreciate it. <laughs> don't go get it. <laughs> if you if you had if you had one choice to have a headline performer at your fundraiser, who are you picking? Oh, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. I knew it. Oh, Bad Bunny. <laughs> Zaddy, daddy, father, real quick. Bad Bunny, J Balvin, Daddy Yankee, go. Bad Bunny. Oh, oh Bad Bunny, Daddy Yankee, J Balvin. Ooh. You gotta respect the king. Oh. J Balvin's Which is Daddy Yankee, period. You know, it's about I, to say, Daddy Yankee's the king. You're kind of disrespecting him a little bit. True. No, but we stand J Balvin for his progressive values. Come on now. Yeah. Okay, but she ranked J Balvin as father. I did. I meant meant Bad Bunny. Oh, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, like, be holding it down. He'd be holding it down for trans folks. We love him. Everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, 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 okay. Well, that was a hard (laughs) one, I think. Wait, no. Is is Daddy Yankee the the godfather, or is it... um... Winston Yandel? Hot second. What do you mean by godfather? Like, Like, who is, like, the mentor of the mentors? Oh, Daddy Yankee's the king of reggaeton. Yes. Period. Yeah. Like, he has to be. I love Wisin Yandel. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I know. They I were know. my background in middle school, you know? Yes, same. Ooh. Baby like, no, They're everything. But Daddy Yankee has my, He is the only one who's been on and still makes hits. That's true. That's true. He still has, like, consistent great music. Like the last, Aretha was the last person I hanged out before this whole shit, which I appreciate. We went to Costco. Um, last thing that he my, my happiest place on earth. Yeah. Appreciate y'all being here. Please subscribe yeah, to our podcast. Five stars. We have like yeah. 70 reviews. That's pretty good, honestly. That's good. Wow. Yeah, we have 70 reviews. We have a five star rating. Keep that up, people. Yes, it's not yeah. easy to come by. 
Um, Specs been uh, trolling the alt right again, so I'm scared that rating will go down soon. <laughs> Dude, you cracked me up when you post. Was that a real campaign announcement from that woman? Yes. What? Yeah, with with the like crossed out Twitter thing and everything. It was one. Yeah. Anyway. Somebody announced their run for lieutenant governor by sharing a story of them walking in the park and her daughter stepping on what is allegedly shit on the ground from a homeless person and saying that our elected officials aren't doing enough to solve this problem so i'm my daughter had to leave her shoe back in a pile of homeless people shit and so i'm running for lieutenant governor the picture picture was just a little girl on a bike with one shoe (laughs) like what the fuck what it's wild you can't make this shit up, man. This is clear. Like this is truly belongs on Parks and Rec. The type of people. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, uh, you can listen to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Hulu. Probably not Hulu. Um, <laughs> not yet. ITunes, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks again for uh, coming on. I uh, appreciate yeah, y'all. You. Um, and let us continue to give us updates on how we can support the work.